Do you want to do the beginning thing, or do you want me to do it? Patreon? Yeah. DJ, are you referring to our Patreon? Yes. Uh, well, uh, if you want to, <laughs> if you want to come on by to our Patreon page, <laughs> just Patreon, on, just stop on by. We'll come be, on by. We'll we be on the, the front porch with a, on a rocking on chair. Rocking chairs. Got some sweet tea. Ooh, it's hot today. I'll say to DJ. Oh, it's a hot one out. I'll, I'll be doing some whittling. Yeah, the, you'll be whittling, por- and I'll be commenting on the humidity because. You know, it's uh, it's not it's damp out. You know what it isn't that gets you <laughs> the heat. What isn't the thing that doesn't get me? <laughs> you know what'll really get you? Patreon.com slash your inner child is an idiot. Wow. Give us money, Are let you us do this. Seacrest? That segue was masterful. And here's number thirty nine climbing up the charts. Uh, it's Pitbull with some before, shit. Before we get to that, of course, I'd like to talk about proactive. All the celebrities use it proactive. Has he advertised proactive? Yes. A lot? Oh. Yes. Tyler has XM radio and it's which is pretty much just Ryan Seacrest radio, I feel like. <laughs> and he's on there fucking with the proactive left, right, and center. So anyway, on with the episode. Is is that this one? No, you're very close, though, because it does both take place in Vienna. Mm-hmm. Well, this one takes in the place in the suburbs of Vienna, right. naturally. Well, yeah, right. You know, I want to kill everyone. Satan is good. Satan is our pal. That's the closest to a wow. song in the in the movie. Hey, this is your inner child is an idiot. Oh uh, yeah, I forgot the podcast where we. I thought we were just having a conversation. <laughs> Revisit things from your childhood and see if they were any good. I'm DJ. This is Damon. Hi. I am me. Hello. I don't know what to just say. The when you say just, just the two of us. Just the two of us. There's an empty chair here for our friend LT. Pour one out. She's Who not died? dead. She's not dead. So let me tell you my memories about the burbs. Go. Um, I'll get com- Hold on. Don't get, start yet. Get wanna, comfy. Yep. I want to get my lean on here. It either is or is not the exact same as the money pit. That is my memory of this movie. How is it the exact same? I get them confused. Oh, okay. That's what I'm saying. That's my memory of the money pit and the burbs combined because I don't think, I don't, I'm sure I've seen them. I'm sure I've seen both of them. Them being the burbs of the title. I've, I've seen the, the burbs and burbs. the money pit. Uh-huh. And I know they're not the same movie, but right. they are, they've sort of mushed together in my mind and I don't remember either of them. You know and why? Tell me why. T Hanks. You got a, you got a T Hanks. You got a T Hanks in there. But you got I mean, T Hanks in your boot. I don't get like Castaway in Philadelphia confused. Well, no. <laughs> um, although he does lose weight in both. Yeah. So maybe. Hmm. Um, and he does perform his own dentistry in both. Not true. Oh. Um, Eats a lot of crap in Philadelphia. Well, it is still in the same nebulous time period where we were just like Tom Hanks. Well, he's going nowhere. Yeah. He'll definitely not win Oscars back to back. This was more like a uh, Tom Hanks. He's a he's a charmer. Yeah, kind of not like a actor before he became our generation's Jimmy Stewart. Registered trademark. Well, isn't this sort of the in that sort of Jimmy Stewart's traje- trajectory as well? Like, well, more. he was. This is sort of like Rear Window. If you want to yeah. follow that, <laughs> if you want to sort sure. of create a parallel, <laughs> this is Boy, Rear Window. I. Plus, let's Corey see how many Feldman. people we can lose down this. Here's your, here's your burbs equation: rear window plus Corey Feldman 
Okay. Minus Raymond Burr. So Corey Feldman is in the Burbs. Yes. Okay. He's. <laughs> no, I don't. Come on. I thought you were saying he was in Rear Window, and I you really lost a, me. The, that would be amazing. At the end, the original ending, Raymond Burr would just took off a mask, and underneath, he's like, "Hey guys." Now, Raymond, Raymond Burr killed Alexander Hamilton. Am I right? That is correct. Okay. And then went on to a storied career as Perry Mason. Okay. Cool. Uh, who then Perry Mason? Who else is in this? You know this. You Mason know this movie backwards and forwards. Let me get my Mason Dixon line joke. Oh, sorry. Out. My my apologies. The moment has passed. <laughs> the moment has passed. Who else is in this? This is I our. Th- that was our Missouri compromise right there. I just, <laughs> uh, the late Carrie Fisher is in this. Mm. The late Tom Hanks is in this. No. Nope. The late Bruce Dern, father of the late Laura Dern, is that in is, this. He is dead. The late Corey yes. Feldman, friend of the late late no. Corey Haim. Yes. Um, <laughs> no. Yes. I'm. I'm <laughs> having trouble following who's dead. The late Wendy Shaw is in this. No. The late Rick Duckerman is in it. Couldn't tell you. He is dead. Oh. Um, I think. Actually, Greg, get on that. Um, take that. <laughs> Thank you, Greg. A lot more baritone than I was expecting. <laughs> um, I think that's about it. Oh, uh, Henry Gibson is in this. The late Henry Gibson. The late, 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 late. Ming's actually dead. Okay. Brother Theodore is in this. And the late Courtney Gaines, I think is his name. Oh, my God. Why do you know all this? I have something to tell you. Yes. I literally don't need to watch the burbs. I could probably stand here and quote the burbs to you. So this is a I this, watch it once a year probably. It's wow. one of my favorite movies. So this is okay. Okay. So we are I'm almost starting from You're scratch. in well worn territory here, okay. my friend. This is interesting. We're coming out of this. This from is gonna be one of those movies where I keep turning to you like five seconds before something funny happens to make sure I see your reaction to it. Now the pressure's on now, because this is like watching you know, what if I think it's like a Christmas story? What if I think it's terrible? I know. That is, there are knots coming on in various organs. There what? Keep it. Don't edit that. I want to keep that. Organ knots. You heard organ it here knots. first, folks. Doctor, organ knots. Organ um, <laughs> Jason and the organ knots. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so tell me, uh, let me, I, I've literally told you all I remember about this. Tom Hanks is in it. Uh, and it's not the same as the money pit. Here's what I'll tell you about my memories associated with the burbs. There's some sort of alien thing, right? Shh, 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 Deej. Okay. Don't, you're embarrassing yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, the burbs was one of those movies I vaguely remember seeing as a really young child and remember liking. Yeah. And me and my brother both really liked it and it would come on at really weird times because it wasn't, I don't think it was a hit movie. Yeah. And uh, so you could probably buy it for really cheap and put it on to fill two hours of your Saturday afternoon lineup. Right. And so you would just catch like the end of it. And you're like, oh my God, the burbs. Jason, get in here. The burbs is on. And then we would watch it. And then we got, um, I think we finally got Showtime. We were able to like tape it off of like Showtime. Whole, and we were like, the whole thing we without, got it. Without commercials for yeah. 19XIX. And it was, it was like, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark, like, just like, you know, you rub your face, you get your bag of sand, and you have your tape of the burbs, you pull it out. You're like, we got it. Um, and Alfred Molina is there for some reason. Um, He's everywhere. 
everywhere these days. Coming down the red carpet, Alfred Molina. <laughs> Who are you wearing? Uh, uh, it's just, uh, it's I got a, this out of my closet. It's, uh, that was the worst. Men's, He's English. Like, the least I could have done was warehouse. an English accent. <laughs> Didn't even try. But we finally got it, and then I, like, bought it. It's always perpetually at Target for, like, five bucks on yeah. DVD. You can just pick it up. Just grab it. I'll note that you didn't bring your story DVD with you. I wanted you to experience paying five bucks for the burbs <laughs> like I have. Thank uh, you for that experience. And um, I'm honored. So it, I love this movie, and I could probably already give you my verdict. But I'm excited to watch it with you and see what you think. Okay. But I'm also Clear uh, your mind, Damon. Because, you know, if this doesn't pan out, this podcast is pretty much over. If you don't like this. Did you, if we made it through uh, uh, some of the other, I guess there wasn't anything we've like vehemently disagreed on. <laughs> usually we're pretty. Yeah, usually if we're, we're just part, on it, like the different edges of the, right, the yeah. fence, but we're just like, yeah. I've never been like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie was amazing. And I'm like, it's drivel. Yeah. Uh, this is why we'll never make it as a uh, critic duo. Um, so let's never have a show where we critique movies. Was that make you, sure we don't do that ever? <laughs> oh God, what have oh we God. done? Have you? Uh, do you was that the first the time you saw it? Was on or did you go see it in the theaters? Or was that like seeing it in the afternoon? I don't know where I saw it first. I just remember liking it. And was this like, like a chasing Jason? it down when we could finally tape it off TV? Was this like a Jason influence thing? Like, did he really love it, or did you like really both kind of? Like, I think we just both sort of fell in love with it. Yeah. I think we both liked it, and then got really excited when we could finally watch it off of TV, and then watch it whenever we want. And it just became one of those movies that we just memorized. And I would watch, we would watch together. Him high out of his mind, and me stone cold sober. <laughs> Do you know where this comes in the Hanks oeuvre? Like, is it? I think it's late Hanks. I think uh, before before I've heard tell like this was like he was like this was around the time when he was discussing you know making a career change, being more dramatic stuff. Okay, so it was like post Joe versus the volcano. Post I well, it probably would have been around the same time as Joe versus because I feel like as this I was call before... it JVV because um, that is... I think was ninety, and I think this is eighty nine or maybe eighty eight. Okay, so because I, I feel like early nineties were the like the Meg Ryan. The sort of like, uh, but Philadelphia is like ninety two. That's true, but it was like he wasn't in it. Like there was some overlap, but he definitely had like the the like yuck it up, like kind of uh, big and you know that kind of yuck it up. Yeah, that's what he used to say. Antagonize his own audience. Well, you know, starting with bosom buddies and then Uh like going on from there, and then and then he went to like the sort of like romantic comedy era. Right. Which, I mean, neither one of them, like, this ended abruptly. This is still at the tail end but... of a slapstick era, which right. the money pit is in. Right. Bachelor Party is in. Yeah. Although, I think Bachelor Party's pretty early on in his career. You ever it seen Bachelor is. Party? No, I haven't. I saw it way too young. Way too young. Like, it's in the Porky's, like, Revenge of the Nerd oh, yeah, vein. Okay. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> I can't be watching uh, boobs. Mother. Oh, heaven forfend! Mother, take this away! <laughs> oh, my stars! The devil's tube. Definitely, my mom. The devil's tube. I don't know. <laughs> All right, we're going to watch The Burbs. You can find it on uh, Damon's DVDs. Um, you can also find it on... <laughs> Come on by! You can find it on Amazon uh, to rent or buy, um, as of right now, as of May. It used to be on Netflix, but I think they took it off like in one of their purges. It's one of their, <laughs> one of their great purges. <laughs> it is. They do that. Like, every month, they're like, I don't know. You're going to have to see what's on. <laughs> like, okay. Um, we'll be right back after we watch the movie. 
Damon, Damon, before we get back to the show, I have oh, to Oh, I'm writing you, a note here. I have to tell you something. Uh, if you were to get on your computational device or your uh, cellular telephone, let's say. Oh, if right. It were the a, one that I use mobily. Or if it were a smartphone. Uh-huh. Um, you could go to Hypertext Transfer Protocol, colon. No, no, no. Slow down. I'm writing it down. Okay. You, well, you just use the words, uh, the letters, H-T-T-P-S, probably, to stay secure, uh, colon. Um, don't spell out the word colon. Use a colon. And then. I drew a colon. I drew my colon. Slash, slash, or forward slash, forward slash. I never know, and I've gotten into heated arguments about the it. The top is leaning to the a, right. A, back, right. a top leaning to the right, slash. And then you're going to go patreon.com slash your inner child is an idiot. There, you can give us a, a couple dollars per episode, get some nice little treats, uh, get your names read at the end of the episode. All uh, the things your mom said you couldn't do. Yeah, all that kind she of stuff. She said to you, you'll never have your name read on some nerd's podcast. You'll never amount to anything. I bet you'll never even get your names read in the credit of a thing that I don't know what it is. Exists yet. <laughs> I don't know why you're old. So old that your mom doesn't know. My mom right. knows what podcast is. Right, but this is in podcast the past. Is? She's she's putting you down early. Keeping quit, you in your quit place. playing stickball in the street and get your name on a podcast like a real man. Yes. I... Literally had nothing to follow. Up. Anyway, back to the show. Thank you. <laughs> I want to kill everyone. Satan is good. Satan is my pal. And we are back. Yeah. The Burbs. We watched the Burbs. Burbs. Okay. Now, according to IMDb trivia, I don't like to lead in with this, yeah. but that is actually short for suburbs. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's why there's that little apostrophe in there. I thought it was like newspaper blurbs and they just took the L out. So I, I was. No, that would be apostrophe B, apostrophe Yeah, herbs. I see now what my mistake was. I put the apostrophe between the B and the U. Yeah. Um, do you want me to take a crack at this? You know this story really well, so probably you should. Uh, yeah, I can hop in anytime you need okay. me if you need You can a help me out. Um, we're going to do a quick. Tag re- me, bro, if you need help. T- quick re- recap. Uh, this all the whole story takes place on, on a cul-de-sac in the suburbs. Uh, the, the burbs. The burbs, if you will. Um, Tom Hanks plays a uh, kind of high-strung uh, neighbor that's trying to. Uh, he's taking a staycation to kind of reduce his stress level. Carrie Fisher's his wife. They have a son. Um, there's other neighbors. There's Art. Who lives next door? He's kind of the the buddy. Uh, what's the actor's name that plays him? Uh, Rick Duckerman. Yeah, Duckerman. Duckerman. He's been in a bunch of other movies. I reckon from a ton of stuff, especially around this era. Early. I think 90s, he's from a lot of Joe 80s. Dante, who directed this movie. Yeah, movies. Uh, and then you got Bruce Dern, who plays the militaristic uh, neighbor across the street with the uh, the uh, fashion plate wife, um, mm-hmm. played by Wendy Shaw, who does the voice from the wife in American Dad. Um, then they, there's an elderly man who lives down the. Uh, down the cul-de-sac with a, a bichon frise, little puppy Correct. dog, uh, Walter. Walter, and then uh, the Feld, Corey the the Corey gr- the Greater, Corey the Greater lives uh, across the street. Corey Feldman uh, plays this teen Ricky, whose parents are gone uh, this entire time, and so mm-hmm. he's kind of got the run of the of his house. And um, he's supposed to be painting his house. That's his task. Yeah, delivered unto him by parents, and he basically gets like two brush strokes done the entire movie he doesn't really he just kind of goofs off he's a he's like a stoner slacker kind of guy 
And kind of the, I guess it makes me annoyed to say this, but kind of the audience surrogate, and he's just like <laughs> kind of along for the ride, and he's mad like, about it. This is all amazing. I mean, don't make me into Corey Feldman is why I'm mad about that. Don't throw that on me. Um, although that's how you might see the world, the verbs, <laughs> but it's not how I see it. But there's been uh, recently they've had. Um, some creepy neighbors moved in. Uh, the Klopex. That's right. The Klopex. And they're... Is that a Slavic name? <laughs> he says that several <laughs> times. Um, and they're doing some things that are all very weird. They're like, they only come out at night. They uh, um, take their trash out uh, um, with the car, but only drive it down to the end of the driveway. And they're like digging holes in a thunderstorm in the middle of the night, all this kind of stuff. And, in hoods, in like cloaks. Yeah, yeah. It's all very weird. And then... Um, and so, uh, Tom Hanks' character and, uh, what's his name again? I already forgot. Ray. Ray, Ray and the Art others. and um, Mark. Through a series of hijinks, try to investigate this and uncover. They, at one point, Walter, the old man, goes missing. And so they think they've, they've murdered him ritualistically and buried right. him in the... Uh, so they end up, the uh, Klopeks leave town for a day. They... Invade, they, they bust into the house, and then there's this. Oh, at one point, there was also these crazy noises and lights from their basement. So they go in, they think something's going on. This in the is basement. actually, you started so strong, and now it's just like crumbling before my face. No, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. And then there were lights, and then well, before I had, that. I had to mention that earlier, they, they had seen like, had really loud noises right. and lights from their basement. So they had to go check that out. Uh, they get down there, and uh, at one point, uh, they're digging in the basement because they think they've moved the bodies from the backyard into the basement because there's a giant mm-hmm. um, furnace. furnace, like old school furnace that's like they're like, oh, they've used it as a crematorium and they've buried the, the bones down here. So they start digging. Uh, Tom Hanks hits a, a gas line and the house explodes, um, nearly killing him. Uh, in, in all reality, if this were a real real life situation, <laughs> Damon, he would have yeah. died. Um, and Where's then, the verisimilitude, Joe Dante? <laughs> so it, uh, the the sort of uh, denouement of the story, it seems like uh, um, Tom Hanks has the speech about how they're the crazy ones. They're the ones who have been driven crazy by the kind of... Uh, they being Tom Hanks and his friends. Yeah, Tom, Art, or, uh, Ray, Art, and uh, Mark have been driven crazy by the sort of... Um, the burbs. Yeah. Paranoia and the burbs. Yeah, paranoia and the burbs. They're, the boredom of their life has kind of led them to this. And the the maybe a little odd family that was from another country were just minding their own business. Uh, and so you think, oh, wow. Wow, we really learned something. But then, Wow, I found uh, out the real enemy was myself. And then uh, uh, Tom Hanks... Uh, <laughs> We'll get to the scene later, but he <laughs> puts himself in the ambulance because um, he's, he's, he's been blown up. He's been According severely to his injured. Own, his own words, I've yeah. been blown up. And uh, but then Doctor uh, Klopek uh, shows up, and it actually turns out they were killing people and hiding the bones, although not Walter, the neighbor. Um, and so he is about to kill Tom Hanks, and the, and the crazy, weird-looking son drives the ambulance away. Uh, Tom Hanks' character struggles, and the ambulance crashes into a house, and he kind of subdues uh, doctor, the doctor and uh, gives him a citizen's arrest. Uh-huh. And then Always uh, a favorite they find in movies. a bunch of skulls and bones in their trunk, so all's well that ends well, they're arrested. <laughs> Brother Theodore plays the uncle also. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot him. Never forget Brother Theodore. 
And that's uh, that's basically it. Yeah, that's that was more or less it. Yeah. Um, so where to start? You wanna you wanna take uh, take a stab at it? I will say, um, probably my favorite aspect of this movie in this watching for me. This what? This watching, watching. this viewing okay. of I thought you the were saying a word I hadn't heard. Before. Watching, watching, uh, is the foley work. I'm going to point out four different instances of Foley greatness. I want uh, you to look at my notes right here ooh, and yeah. see what Hold word, on. Let me that confirm says. it for the audience. Wait, actually, I can't see what you're pointing at. I, I see Kid Rock. Underneath that. Foley work. It confirmed. says the word, literally the words <laughs> Foley work. Uh, I have Foley work exclamation point. Oh, okay. Well, uh, yeah. but here are four instances that stood out to me. Uh, when the, uh, at one point the wives, uh, Carol and um, Carrie, Carrie Fisher's character, Carrie Fisher, Carol. and I can't remember the other one's name. Uh, Mrs. 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 Uh, Mrs. Rumsfeld. Rumsfeld. Um, they uh, after the guys have been like acting like jackasses, they're like, you yeah. know what? We're just going to go over and introduce ourselves and stop this acting needs like a children. woman's touch. Yeah. Um. They go over, and uh, the youngest, Courtney Gaines' character, Hans, Hans Klopek, offers everyone pretzels and sardines. Yes. And, uh... Just trying to be polite. Tom Hanks takes one, he puts a sardine on a pretzel, and it's possibly the most disgusting, (laughs) but prolonged thing I've ever seen, (laughs) where you have to hear him digging in the sardine can for the sardine, then he puts it in his mouth, he lays it on the pretzel and puts it in his mouth, and it's just like, while someone's staring at him constantly, Brother Theodore's character, and it's great. Uh, The other thing, well, food chewing, also earlier when uh, Art... And uh, Tom Hanks' son are like having a food chewing off. They're talking yeah. to each other while chewing. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then when uh, Hans drives the trash bag to the curb, he beats it with a stick. <laughs> to use Tom Hanks' term, and there's beats the hell he, out of it. With I've a never stick. seen that. Someone drive their <laughs> trash to the curb and then beat the hell out of it with a stick. I've never seen that. Uh, when he puts the lid back on the trash can, you hear. Oh. <laughs> and finally, and this one is my favorite. Uh, when. Uh, Bernard Klopek, Dr. Klopek, mm-hmm. um, played by Henry Gibson, uh, shakes hands with Tom Hanks. You hear his feet slide and click together like a Nazi's right. uh, feet would slide together. <laughs> so there's all these little things that the movie doesn't necessarily draw, draw attention yeah. to, which are really great little touches uh, for what is, I assume, essentially a really cheap movie to make. I mean, it's right. already yeah. a pre-existing lot. It's the universal back lot yeah. that they've it's used for a thousand things. Desperate Housewives, uh, for Desperate example. Housewives, uh, for example. Um, so, and not a many big stars. I mean, Tom Hanks even wouldn't have been that big of a star yeah. yet. Um, Carrie Fisher is probably the biggest star in here. Yeah. And uh, um, we we should mention. I mean, Tom Hanks was a star. Don't don't write in. But not what he, he was, what he is now, or what he would have been yeah. a few years later. Even the sardine scene was another that was also a favorite of mine. And it, the like the combination, not just the sounds. When he just to harp on the sounds for a second, the like when he's digging in to oh, get yeah. like that's the most. It's just, and it takes so long for him and to get one. It's such a silent scene. Yeah, and they're all just sort of looking at him and. The combination of the of the sounds and his facial expressions, which like Tom Hanks is, re- he's really funny. Oh, yeah, and that especially in that scene. But all at around. this point in the movie, like he starts the movie as the skeptic, and it's like, look, they're just weird. Leave them alone. At this point in the movie, he uh, 
the other two neighbors, Art and Rumsfeld, have sort of been leading the charge and like spying on them and sort yeah. of passive aggressively threatening them. But he is getting blamed. He believes he believes right. that the Klopeks think he is behind it all. So he's very uncomfortable being there, and so he's trying to be extra nice. And so he eats the sardine that's disgusting and. <laughs> Well, he also has like generally is very uncomfortable. Carol, his wife, like looking at him, right? Had him expectingly. Him. Yeah, she gives him the nod. Uh, the see a scene before that that was really good um, that I highlighted was the when um, so they they've had a couple of misadventures already, and Carol basically makes him stay inside. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, and he's kind of. Uh, um, crestfallen and just like I can't come out, guys. And yeah, the guys run up. He's on the balcony, and yeah. uh, Rumsfeld and Art run up like kids. They're like, "Can we? Can he come out? Come on, let him come out!" <laughs> and then she's like, "You have my answer." And then they literally kick a rock and like walk away. <laughs> and then Bruce Dern like looks looks back looks over his shoulder yeah. as he's walking back. It was really well done. Um, it's very great. Um, and I think like. Uh, Joe Dante, who's probably more famous for directing Gremlins, yeah. the two Gremlins movies, uh, and other like sort of sci-fi thriller movies, um, he plays a lot into that sort of campy vibe. Right. Probably one of the more famous parts of the Burbs is um, just after the scene you're describing. Uh, Tom Hanks's dog digs up a very large bone from under the fence, right. and uh, Art recognize it as a femur bone, a human thigh bone, right? Uh, And um, there's a scene, he identifies it. He's like, Ray, holding the bone. He goes, this is Walter. And the camera starts zooming in and out really fast (laughs) as they scream, uh, like a 50s horror movie. And it's like a great touch. Like I can't think of anyone who would do something like that. But it's this great touch that I feel like nails the entire tone of this movie, of just like it's not taking itself seriously. It's just sort of laying into this really campy vibe. Well, and the whole thing starts out like a really low-stakes adventure. Like they really are just like sort of all caught up in the malaise of suburban life and they literally are just making up things <laughs> because they, you know, at first you, you kind of assume that it's going to be there. I, I did, I guess like you assume that they're going to not be crazy murderers uh-huh. and that it's just going to be some misunderstanding or some, some sort of twist of them. Like not actually being, of course they, then they twist it back. At twist, the yeah, double, double twist. twist, but it's also super known low, as a straight line. You know, at first, they're, right? <laughs> There's, well, it's two curves. It's like a curvy road. Um, but they're like, uh, um, like the first thing is just them like saying hi to the neighbor, like going up and talking to the neighbor. Like that's the first like. Oh, adventure. when they choose each other to like yeah. ring the doorbell, and that is literally like it's. But it's like it's the tension and the music is like it's a really important thing. But when you think about it, it's super low stakes. Like they're literally going up to a neighbor and being like. Hello. Yeah, they see the neighbor coming out and grabbing his paper, and uh, he goes back in before they do anything, and Art says, you know, you really should say hi to him. You look like a chicken in front of your son. In right. In front of your son. <laughs> and, you know, right when, you know, Tom Hanks is like, okay, fine, we'll go talk to him. The minute they take their first step, the music kicks on. It's like, Right, yeah. And, of course, as soon as they step on their property, the neighbor's property, like, the wind the kicks wind up. And it blowing. gets darker. Uh-huh. Yeah, and then you've got Feldman being like, dudes, across the street. I will say, one of my notes is this movie has the exact right amount of Corey Feldman. Yeah. You do say he is the audience surrogate, and that, 
I mean, that might that is sort of proven by the last line of the movie where he looks directly in the camera yeah. and says, I love this street. Um, but, I mean, overall, he's sort of, he is like an ancillary character. He's like sort of yeah. orbiting this world, but he's never really involved as much as you would think Corey Feldman's agent would really like him to be. Involved. It's like a Parmesan cheese on a pasta. Like, there's, it's heavily cheesed. There's a lot of sure. Feldman in this, but it's... It's you aren't getting out of here without okay. some Feldman. You're okay with it. You're like, oh, you know, I like cheese. It's all right. Mm-hmm. This month, this amount will will do fine. Um, but at Olive Garden, it's like, oh, oh okay, uh, okay, all right, all right, Brenda, <laughs> Teresa. That's enough. Um, Why they brought two women to do the cheese? Uh, well, one now. was doing fresh cracked <laughs> black pepper. Oh, the fucking pepper now. Yeah, I'm gonna need both of those. <laughs> Keep on cracking. Um, we've got. Uh, the really good quote from from Mark from uh, Mr. Rums, Rumsfeld. Uh, Rumsfeld, like Donald Rumsfeld, is the joke. I think. Well, I think it's Rums. He says Rumsfeld. Somebody has some Rumsfeld, but oh. I think that is probably the joke. Is that the? Uh, but he when he uh, when they first come in, when the the wives decide they're going to have their moment, like actually meeting the neighbors, um, the. The uncle is the first only adult there. There's the the creepy, like kind of uh, redheaded, weird. It's not often you son. see a swarthy redhead, but this movie found one. And then you've got the uh, uh, the uncle played by brother Theodore, which we'll get into later. Uh, <sighs> but uh, which I, who I, I didn't have any idea who he was, but we did some uh, light digging and found some interesting <laughs> stuff. Um, but he's just kind of this very taciturn, very stern, like. Um, yes, welcome in. You know. And at that point, I mean, he also is like, he thinks that Ray is right onto them. So he is like, throughout that entire scene, he never stops staring at Ray. He is always right beside Ray. Right. Like, no matter what he does, just staring him down and being just completely taciturn. When what does he do that uh, he says something? You are the one who lives next door. Well, but he uh, he says something to uh, um, Rumsfeld, and he, oh, and he says, "Allow me to reenact it for yes. you." <laughs> uh, it's a running gag that people keep asking what you know, what ethnicity, what nationality their their last yeah. name is. And so, uh, at one point, Don, uh, not Donald Rumsfeld, Mark Rumsfeld says, "Klopek, what is that? Slavic?" Yeah. And Brother Theodore, breaking eye contact finally with Tom Hanks, turns to him and says. No! <laughs> he goes, <laughs> about a nine on the tension scale there, Rube. Yeah. <laughs> Calls him Rube a couple times <laughs> out that scene, which is really great. I think, I mean, I don't want to jump ahead, but I feel like the Catherine O'Hara, for me, uh, at least this time viewing, you may disagree, but for me, the Catherine O'Hara MVP award for this movie goes to Bruce Stern for me. Because I feel like every scene, he does the exact opposite of what I am expecting him to do. I mean, he's sort of played up, or at least written as a stereotypical, you know, very military. Like, he yeah. was obviously in Vietnam, might have a little bit PTSD. Right. Um, but uh, he's very militaristic. He Every morning he comes out, he puts the flag out and raises it up on an automatic, you know, uh, fra- flag-raising device. <laughs> It's called a um, flurazer. <laughs> and, uh, and I mean, he wears fatigues almost throughout the movie. Or yeah. Some camo, you know, gear. Um, what was I talking about? You were giving him the MVP oh, award. Yeah. You were in the middle of giving him a, an award. <laughs> 
So I feel like, you know, he could be played as really gruff and really stern, but there are several moments where Bruce Stern takes in the exact opposite approach. A lot of times he's like creepily friendly um, during that scene when they're yeah. getting to know each other. There is a scene where he's perched on top of his own roof with um, binoculars and like rifles while eating animal, animal crackers, crackers. <laughs> with presumably milk. Uh He's just very charming, like, throughout the movie, and he might be my favorite character, at least for this time watching. I mean, I, I can't disagree that he he's an excellent character in this, but, I mean, I, I have to give it to Hanks, man. Like, having not really... Even over s- Brother Theodore? Well, without the context of what we learned about Brother Theodore's life later, <laughs> it wasn't that. It was interesting, but not... not he was, okay. you know... Tom Hanks is brilliant in this, especially as the movie goes along. Uh, and, and he, he becomes gets more and more frazzled, more and more unhinged. And at the end, this is what we touched on a little bit before, um, when he's like injured, he's blown up, he's kind of like all bandaged up and he's like, you know, take me to the hospital. He like flaps himself on the gurney mm-hmm. and then no one, you know, I don't know where like the police and the medics are <laughs> during this whole exchange. They have this big argument. Art and Ray have this big argument. No one's around. But there's just the, an ambulance sitting open with a gurney out. There's this understanding no that, that. Art, Ray, and Mark are all going to jail. Oh, yeah. There's an understanding that Ray is going to go to the hospital first. And maybe, probably, uh, Art should, too. Uh, Ray and Art should go, both go. They've both been severely injured. Uh, Art by clipping a power line and shocking himself. Oh, yeah, and, I forgot. Yeah. yeah, I was like, well, he wasn't in the blast. Oh, no, right, he got yeah. electrocuted. His fingernails were black after that. Um, but, yeah, and so uh, no one comes by for a second. And I'm telling Ray actually picks up the gurney and throws it in the ambulance and then jumps on it. Take me to the hospital. I'm sick. Yeah, and then just I've been himself. blown up. Yeah, face versus. He really is real. Tom Hanks, I mean, I mean, I've watched a lot of interviews with Tom Hanks. I've listened to interviews with Tom Hanks. Yeah. I have a reputation at my office for being really big fan of Tom Hanks, which Pro. I'm like, I like Tom Hanks, but I have a reputation as like being a super fan. And I'm like, yeah. let's all just calm down. I was a child of the eighties. I love Tom Hanks yeah. as much as my peers. Right. Yeah. Um, but he is hysterical and he's one of those people who can find a way to make ordering coffee really funny. Yes. Yeah. And there are several moments that he gets that he can really milk a scene and that is one of them. Yeah. The sardines is one of them. Yes. When he's... G- when he uh when he's taught when he uh, that first scene when courtney haim or hans klopek comes out of uh the house to get a paper right um you know art's like you should go you should go say hi to him and he's like yeah no i he's he's busy right now he's like (laughs) he's not busy he's getting a paper he's like yeah i mean i just can't they're just like sitting there and he's just so like casual about it um, another, there are two moments um, that I love with uh, Carrie Fisher and Tom Hanks where they bicker with each other and their <laughs> bickering is so nonsensical. Yeah. It's and Tom Hanks yells so loud, like so much louder <laughs> than her. And she's so exasperated. But the first scene where he expresses he doesn't want to go to the cabin that yeah. they usually go to when they're on vacation. 
And he goes, it's just, you know, four hours in holiday traffic just to wait in a dank, wet cabin for that neighbor with the giant head to get drunk and fall down the stairs. <laughs> and Carrie Fisher gives probably my favorite line of hers, which is, he's a hydrocephalic and I don't think we should make fun of him. <laughs> um, and then later, they're arguing because she's becoming exasperated by the fact that he's just palling around the neighborhood, right. you know, spying on the neighbors. And, the, you know, he's like, why don't you go to the lake? I'll hang out here at the house and I'll clean it and it'll be spotless when you come back. It's like, why don't you go outside? And he's like, how do I go outside? And she's like, go get a tan. And he's like, what am I going to get a tan in my pajamas? Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like nonsense. Like, what are you guys talking about? But he, I mean, he's just really good at those moments. Yeah. Like, he's like, I'm in a comedy. Okay, I can do it. What's the napping thing when Art comes over to talk to him and Ray is napping? And he's oh like, my I'm, laying, I'm laying up trying to nap. Like That the way might be, as it. a kid, the moment I realized that Tom Hanks might actually be a really good actor. Yeah. Because... When I get woken up, I'm very upset. Right. I get really grumpy and whiny because I don't have the energy to actually be angry. Right. Um, and you sleep like two hours a night, so yeah. you need your, those I two need hours. I need those moments. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's a scene where Tom Hanks is taking a nap, nap in the uh, backyard and Ray, this is the scene with the femur bone that they finally right. discover, but Ray comes back to tell him what the big plan is and uh, Ray's just like, I'm just lying here with my eyes closed trying to get some goddamn sleep. (laughs) Just so whiny. And then he gets hit in the face with a door accidentally by Carrie Fisher. And he grabs two beer cans and crushes crushes them them with his hands. And I'm like, that's something I would do. Well, and she's like, did that make you feel better? And he kind of, he like gives it a meh kind of hand (laughs) gesture while he's holding his nose. While we're on the subject, what did you think of the women in this movie? They were underdrawn, but, uh, you know, well, yeah, and the Wendy Shaw's character, which is the the um, Rumsfeld's wife, uh, yeah. is she becomes uh, she like gets a little bit more to do as the movie goes along, but she's a little bit. But I mean, she's she's definitely much a trophy like wife. yeah, she's a trophy wife. She's very uh, you know attractive and she wears shorts and short nighties in at least two yeah, scenes. Kind of yeah, kind of scantily dressed and gets some you know oh, hi, babe from Corey Feldman and she gets things. a few like and also from the camera a few times. Yeah, like, okay, but they do like get away from that as the movie goes on a little bit, but. Um, she doesn't have much to do. And she's not really, I mean, I guess you you could say maybe that she's portrayed as a ditz, but the lines she's given aren't ditzy. No. She's yeah. just sort of like underserved and like all of her characters based on how she looks. When she kind of like, um, kind of d- delivers them ditz here in the beginning of the movie, kind of. Right. Uh, like as it, as it goes along, I mean, I guess it's more cheap. I'm not saying anything's necessarily wrong with her, the actress's delivery, but like, it seems like she kind of played up that dizziness at the beginning and then kind of made it a little bit more normal as a like, sure. normal housewife, I guess. If uh, And Carrie Fisher definitely is tiptoeing the line into that, like, like stereotypical, like she's in deep in Patricia Heaton territory yes, for me. Yes, she is yeah. shrewish wife. Like, She's definitely not unlikable, but no. she is getting close. Like just and the way that the, the she's movie written. doesn't seem to want her to be likable, and it's like Carrie Fisher is the one who's able to like carry it over the line. Yes. Well, and she does it like um, she's very kind of like uh, doing the quote unquote henpecked thing, where she's right. like trying to be kind of controlling. But he is being a lunatic. Yeah, uh, So you know, it's it's again that whole like the the. Uh, per- 
Patricia Heaton and uh, uh, Skylar White thing where it's like... Who's Skylar White? That's from Breaking Bad. Oh, like, okay. uh, she's right. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> uh, especially in that one. But, like, even here, it's like... Uh, you shouldn't sell meth. Right. <laughs> you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't uh, sneak in. Although, in this case, you know, he's vindicated at the end, of course. But course. Um, it's... Just like at the end of Breaking Bad, yeah, they find when, out that meth, which we is all good know, which, yeah, we all know in the final episode of Breaking Bad, um, everything ends fine. Meth actually builds the enamel on your teeth. Yeah, did you know that? It makes you look younger, <laughs> less sallow. Um, <laughs> sallow. Uh, I have to talk about the. Well, anyway, sorry, we were talking about the uh, Carrie Fisher's character as well. Uh, she has a couple things like that that could have been a lot more I know the movie like is going for like to not that I would ever want to ever call an actual woman this but like the shrewish like vibe of like the Right, I don't mean it as like her. I mean, I feel like that's a trope in movies yes, exactly. especially exactly. from a male perspective. It's like, well, yeah. we want to have this guy to have a wife, but you know, you know how wives are, always trying to stop you from, you know, accusing your neighbors of murder. Right. Well, and like uh, the, it goes to the very end when uh, Art's like house is on fire because the ambulance went into it, and then he says, "Art, your house is on fire." Also, your wife is home, and he's like, <gasps> "My wife is home." And there's like a zany, yeah, yeah. Um, the last thing I want to sort of say, and we've sort of circled it a little bit. Um, I remember one time me and my brother were toying. We probably weren't entirely sober, but we were toying with the idea that this. Uh, uh, could be theoretically a play because it all takes yes. place in the yeah, same absolutely. location. And we were like playing along with the idea of making it into one of those annoying remake Broadway musicals. Right. Uh, but we, it would be set in the eighties and all the songs would be in like various styles from the eighties. Right. Um, but then we thought the idea. only thing we would change is that in the end, the Clopex would be innocent. Right, And I think the more I think about it, that might be the misstep. And this might be just because of my politics. It's like the movie is saying that, hey, those weirdos that live on your street, they probably are up to something. Right, yeah. Like that seems, like, seems to be justifying like sort of uh, paranoia, suburban paranoia. The, the whole movie seems to be playing against it. And then at the end, it's like, no, but you're probably right. Right, yeah. I guess, you, yeah, you could definitely read it that way. I, I, I saw it more. I as, mean, it's a zany, like, madcap yeah. movie, of course. But, I mean, that speech that Tom Hanks gives at the it's end, where it's on. like, yeah. you know, you're talking about looking for people who are creeping people out. We're the ones who are doing it. We're yeah. the ones acting like lunatics. It's sort of undercut by it the fact that... undercuts his point, yeah. <laughs> no, they are Nazi murderers, I right. guess. Right, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think that was the, the only thing we would change. And the more I think about it, the more... I mean, you called it a double twist in that yeah. it twists back and they are actually the killers they presumed. Right. And I wonder if it would be too predictable or maybe a little too saccharine for a movie like this for them to to not be murderers. But I guess it sort of plays into a very Reagan-ish idea of like, right. turn them in, do the American thing and turn them in. If you see something, say, say something. something. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I get that. And I, I think, 
Yeah, I, I agree with that context too. Also, don't break into people's houses even if you suspect them of murder. That it, you well, shouldn't be doing. That. Uh, very early on, uh, I don't remember which character, but somebody's like, "We should call the cops." Or it was, it was Ray. I think that's like, "We should call the police." And they were like, "What an what a bad idea." They don't say why, but they're just like, "That's a terrible idea." <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we were like, "No, actually, I mean." And Carrie Fisher actually says later on, she's like, "Before someone sets themselves on fire or falls off a building, why don't we go over and meet them?" And both those things happen later. In right. The last scene. <laughs> yeah. What. It would be interesting. An interesting. Um, it also then furthers the idea that the women were wrong and were, you know, castrating right. their men by not letting them like protect their families. It's true, and I think what they were probably going for was exactly what Corey Feldman breaks the fourth wall and says at the at the end, which is like, huh, "What a crazy street, huh?" <laughs> you know, like that's really probably they were like, "No, there is no lesson," but. Because of his, he does give that great speech, which is a, a valuable lesson, which is like, hey, maybe uh, check the mirror every time yeah. you're trying to think, you know, your neighbor's creepy. Uh, it totally cuts the legs out from under that lesson, like completely. Yeah. Um, we have to talk about the trash pile, which is <laughs> one of my favorite things. It's one so, of those great touches. Yeah. Very early on, uh, one of the first creepy things that happens is that um, – Hans, the Hans, the, yeah. the, the uh, redheaded uh, kid, uh, take drive, you know, op- creepily opens the garage door, drives his hoopty down to the <laughs> b- just the end of the driveway. No pulls, headlights. Yeah, no headlights. Pulls the giant, clearly heavy trash bag, stuffs it into the trash bag, and then slams it as hard as he possibly can with this stick over and over, beats it, and that's when to we fit get, it into the can. Yeah, and that's when we get the uh, Tom Hanks line of like, I've never seen that. I've never seen buddy. Drive their car, put the beat the hell out of it with a stick. Um, but another line delivered by Tom. Yes, yeah, it starts to pour down rain, and so they're going to go look at the trash. Uh, Ray and Art and uh, Mark are going to go uh, investigate what's in there. But it starts just like thunderstorming. They're like, ah, it'll be too suspicious and weird, and it's raining. And so they go home, and they decide to do it in the morning before the trash comes. But the trash comes early, I guess, or earlier than they thought, or something. And so. The trash man, uh, played by one of the guys also from the Gremlins and that other guy who's in Gremlins 2. Uh, Robert Picardo. Yeah. Um, they Dick uh, Miller and Robert... Dick Miller is like in all of Joe Dante's movies. And I think he yeah. started in... Uh, what's his name? He's the dad in Gremlins, right? Or the No, he's the next door neighbor. Okay. Um, uh, and he... Uh, what's that... Roger Corman. He was in a lot of Roger Corman okay. movies. That's where he got his start. Joe Dante learned under Roger Corman, I think. And that's where Dick Miller comes from. And then Robert Picardo, I think, becomes a bit player for Joe Dante as well. Um, John Dante? Just not, just not even forming the correct words with my mouth. Parts. So they're the trash men. And they're sort of bickering as they're... <laughs> I like that you were just like, and I'm continuing. <laughs> I'm done with your self flagellating about your <laughs> mispronunciation, which I'm going to edit out anyway and make you sound uh, like a Um So those, those two are sort of bickering as they collect the trash, and then so their uh, art catches them as they've just put the uh, um, Clopex trash in the in the can. Mm-hmm. And so they, he pulls it all back out, and he's dumping it on the street, and then the, and the other guys come, and they do it too. So there's a big pile of trash, and of course nothing's in there. Um, and the trash man's like... Who's going to pick up They're this like, mess? We're not going to clean this up. And Bruce Dern says, well, "You're going to pick up the mess because you are a garbage man." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, eventually they leave, and the trash pile just literally stays there for the rest of the movie. Uh, people drive through it, they, like they yeah. they give a couple. They don't really overstate it. No, but- it's just like they'll do a pan. 
They'll just do a pan over the street and you'll yeah. like, what is, oh, right, the trash from yeah. earlier. Yeah, they don't like hammer it, but it's definitely there the entire rest of the movie, which is an excellent touch. And everyone runs over it. Um, and then, uh, so yeah, I had the MVP as Hanks. I just feel like, is that unfair to give it to Tom Hanks when he's the obvious, like he's obviously the star of this movie? I mean, movie? it's like giving it to Michael Jordan. You want a medal or something? Like, come on. I mean, he, we would give the MVP to Michael Jordan. I guess though. that's true. What's the other one? <laughs> Isn't there something else in like sports where you're like, hey. Second best. Good job. You, you, I didn't think of you, but when I think about it, you were helpful. Is Let's there just an award say, like that in sports? If we were to remove Hanks from the equation just because he's Tom Hanks, uh, I would definitely give it to Bruce Dern. So I think we can agree at least Bruce on that. Dern. I also um, wrote uh, another contender was Foley artist was right for yes. MVP. I agree with that, or or Joe Dante for that matter. Like the directing, just the sort of the, all that kind of stuff was was great. It was great. It was definitely campy, but it was like intentionally campy. And uh, you mentioned I, I forgot to uh, add on to when you you mentioned the kind of zany zooming in and zooming out when yeah. they realize it's a femur bone and they're uh-huh. going. Ah! There's a moment where Art stops, the camera stops, Art stops, but Tom Hanks is still yelling, <laughs> which is and another... Gives, and then he's like, uh, Art has to like, hey, Hey, shh. all right, yeah. Which is another point for Hanks, but also for the, for the directing, which is great. Um, we learned a couple things. Oh, yeah, I have to give... <laughs> he does say one of my favorite things, which is, citizen's arrest. <laughs> when he, at the Hi, end of the Ray Peterson, and placing you under <laughs> citizen's arrest for my attempted murder. Um... We learned some interesting trivia uh, about this. A lot of the we'll always kind of tinker around after we watch the movie and try to just like not. We, I think if you listen to this podcast, you know we're not hardcore researchers. I'm saving one great piece of trivia. That's what I'm saving. But uh, I want. I call that one. Okay. Okay. You got that one. But I do want. I usually they're not worth mentioning. Most no. of it is. For not. example, it mentioned that the suburbs. Is where the word burbs comes from. Yeah, they actually said that. We made that joke. We made that joke, and then it actually, actually did it. That, which is a very IMDb thing. Um, I'm going to hit Oh, on my IMDb. <laughs> you are edited by You're us. You're incorrigible. Uh, probably my favorite thing that we learned uh, in the trivia is about Brother Theo. And you mentioned his name, and I didn't know who Brother it was. Theo now. You and... Bro, 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 Brotheo. 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 Bro, Brotheo uh, is my favorite character in Romeo and Juliet. Right, yeah. So Brother Theodore, uh, Brotheo, um, <laughs> is a, he plays the uncle, what, uh, Uncle Ruben. Uncle Ruben. Uh, he's the one Another Nazi about. sympathizer, I'm to presume. I guess so, yeah. And you said something about him being on Letterman. And so we looked up a little clip of uh, Brother Theo, Theodore being on Letterman in like the late 80s before this movie came out. But yeah, the, uh, I think this it was, was his like, last on screen, I think, uh, yeah. thing. But even though he died like several years later. I get, but, he was one of like Letterman's like small, you know, cadre of weird characters that would yeah. come in. And it was very weird. It was fun. It had funny moments. It was very weird to be kind of played this basically the same character, just like a like very taciturn German, like their heads will roll he yeah. says at one point um but we did a little uh we looked up brother theodore a little bit and so he was in a concentration Dachau? camp yeah Dachau, uh as a and then he at some point got uh um deported and his, he gave uh, up his family fortune yeah he gave up his released, family fortune right? to be released from the concentration camp and then he also uh, got deported from Switzerland for some reason. And then he ended up in Austria. And 
Albert Einstein, who was a friend of his family, like and possibly him, a lover of his mother's. Uh, yes, ex- exactly. Uh, helped him escape to the United States. He has like the most fascinating story, and apparently yeah, he there's a instantaneously became life's MVP. Yeah, it was very interesting. He's not great in this. Like he's not not great, but he doesn't. Uh, what was it? He worked at MIT as like a janitor he and challenged people. Yeah, he worked to at chess matches. Stanford as a janitor, and then getting some recognition by defeating thirty professors at once in t- in chess or something. Like incredible story. Uh, apparently, there's a documentary out, but. Uh, not widely, widely available, but we'll see if we get, if we find out about it, we'll let you guys know. But uh, it sound, I would like to watch it. it. Sounds really interesting. He also was the voice of Gollum in the creepy animated Hobbit movie. Yes, your favorite. Oh yeah, it's the best. Is he? Would you say he's uh, above or filmed in creepo version? <laughs> uh, well, it's hard to say because he does have that delicious brother Theodore touch of <laughs> precious, just <laughs> screaming all the time. Um, so you know, there's that. But you know, it's a tough call because Andy Serkis also gets on my nerves as a person. Does he? Yeah, he's a little too earnest Actor. for me. Yeah, a little too like. Is he one of those where you like will start talking about the craft for a while? Yeah, I feel like he would do that, and I'm like, you're playing Godzilla, dude. Um, <laughs> Also King Kong. Oh, yeah, Kong. Kong. He played both Godzilla and King Kong. And I think he was a consultant for Godzilla, but he okay. did play King Kong. All right. Last thing I want to mention, because this ties into Joe Dante was an acolyte of Roger Corman. Yeah. Also an acolyte of Roger Corman, Jonathan Demme, just recently lated Jonathan Demme, <laughs> who uh, directed Silence of the Lambs. Right. And he, in fact, Ro- got Roger, Roger Corman to do a cameo in Silence of the Lambs as Who the FBI director. Who was in The River Wild with Kevin Bacon. With, and they both played Meryl Streep. They would put each yep. other on mm-hmm. each other's shoulders and put on a little <laughs> trish, trench coat. Done. Um, no, but Queenie in little this Little known movie, fact, Meryl Streep is actually three children. <laughs> <laughs> She's that, just that talented. <laughs> uh, Queenie, the Bichon Frise... Do you say Frise? I think so. It sounds like I've made Frise. it, like it's a baked Bichon item. Frise. Um, Queenie, the move in this movie, um, played precious Buffalo Bills Bichon Frise in Sons of the Lambs. Weird. Precious. Wait, what year was that movie? Nineteen ninety-one. Okay. So wow. I mean, that's within the lifespan yeah. of an <laughs> actorly Bichon Frise. Also, I feel like the moment I was like. I was nervous, as I explained at the beginning of the show, that you wouldn't like the burbs, but I feel like the moment it won you over was when Tom Hanks and Rick Duckerman start walking towards the Klopex house, the music starts going, and there's like, everyone gets their own eyeline shot, where yes. it shoots to Corey Feldman watching them, and then it shoots to Bruce Stern watching them, and Wendy Shaw watching them, and then the guy who plays Walter, and then it... Cuts to the dog also watching them. And they got the dog to squint, so it yeah. looks like determined as well. And uh, you laughed, and I was like, I think we're going to be okay. Yeah. No, I, I, I definitely, your inner child was not an idiot for liking this. Yes. I'll give you that. Uh, mine was, I guess, maybe an idiot for not You were an idiot for it. missing it. I don't know how much I would have liked this. You know what I mean? It, it was, uh, I don't think it's unlikable for a kid, but I don't know. I honestly don't know. I feel like a lot of stuff in there for a kid. There's a house that gets blown yeah, up. There's a Feldman. There's crazy for camera work. There's a Feldman. Yeah. Um, there's a Carrie Fisher. There's, you know. When this came out, things, though, Murder Satanists, a dream sequence. Yeah. 
when this came out, though, uh, this type of movie would creep me out, I would think. Oh, really? Now, like, you'd have, like, the creature, like, Gremlins and, you know, Ninja Turtles or whatever had, you know, cartoony characters that you get into. But this, I don't know. It's hard to say. Gremlins, like, legitimately, the original Gremlins legitimately scared me. I saw that too early. (laughs) So, uh, uh, I don't know, but it's a good movie. I definitely go back and watch it. Uh, I don't know, about once a year. I'll see. We we can watch (laughs) and give it some tries. But uh, this is great. This is a great movie. Great. Tom Tom Hanks is worth the price of admission as usual. You should check him out. He's he's done a lot of other things. You know, Road to Perdition, Cloud At- Cloud Atlas, Cloud Atlas. Those are good ones. That one he did with the Julia Thomas Roberts. Crown Affair. Yeah. No, not Thomas Crown Affair. No, Larry Crown. Larry Crown. The brother of Thomas Crown. Right. <laughs> the Larry Crown. The lesser affair. known Crown. Uh, I really really like Lady Killers. I know it's not everybody's favorite. Waffles. Uh, we must waffles. have waffles. We must have waffles. Uh, he plays a. Really great creep in that. Um, what do you think, everybody? You can uh, call our hotline, 615-576-0525. I was just going to say a think. bunch of numbers. <laughs> nine, nine, I was just nine, like, nine, I'll trust him to edit that to be 9991. Nine, um, and thank you so, 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 so much to our patrons, uh, including Larissa Maestro, Dan McIntyre, Ghost in the Burbs, Amy Parman, Joshua Nicholson, and Jonathan Day. I sure hope Ghost in the Burbs appreciates yeah. it. Yeah. Tell us what you think. Uh, you can email us at yourinnerchildisnidia at gmail.com. Uh, call us at the hotline. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter at Y-I-C-I-A-I. You can find us on Instagram where Damon uh, it does a very poor job of uh, posting things. Um, it's the one thing I asked him to do. I had one job. For fuck's sake, he never does it. <laughs> um, well, thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you next time. Do you think Ghosts in the Burbs is actually the ghost of the naps, the people who used to live in the Clopex house? <gasps> bam, 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 We've now bam, done bam, bam, bam. her entire screen name. We've done Ghosts. And we've done the burbs. And we've done the movie, the the in. Japanese drama in the. 